Welcome to Re Myanmar Perspectives. This is the third week since the military declared the state of emergency and seized power in Myanmar. Demonstrations against the military coup are growing bigger across the country. Tensions are rising high between protesters and the police. The civil disobedience movement is also still ongoing, shutting down transportation systems, financial transactions, and many public services. At least three people have been shot dead by the police in protests in Mandalay and Navidor, and several people injured. No less than 500 people have been arrested, including politicians, activists, and students. This week, we will discuss the military coup from the constitutional perspective. What does the constitution say about the state of emergency? What are its procedures and mechanisms to declare the state of emergency? Does the military follow them? And finally, is the recent military takeover constitutional? Today, I have invited two guest speakers to our discussion, Mamiamiamo and Go Somagetu. Both Mamiamiamo and Somagetu are now studying masters in public policy at Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy. Mamia is also working on a constitutional project at International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Co Assistance. Uh, Soma Gitu worked for Westminster Foundation for Democracy before joining Lee Kuan Yew School. Uh, before diving into the discussion, please let me brief uh, about the history of the constitution first. Uh, the current Myanmar constitution, which is also known as the 2008 constitution, is not the very first constitution, but the third one in the country's history. The first constitution was adopted in 1947 under the British rule, uh, just a few year before, just a year before the independence in 1948. Uh, this constitution did not last long and came into end in 1962 with the establishment of socialism. The second constitution was again adopted in 1974 as a socialist republic, but it was also abolished in 1988 as socialism collapsed. Uh, the previous military junta, also known as the state Peace and Development Council started drafting the current constitution in 1993 and finished it in 2007. One year later, in May 2008, the constitution was adopted. The 2008 constitution includes 15 chapters, outlining the framework of the union and mechanisms for all three branches of power, the executive, the legislative, and the judiciary. What is of particular interest to us today is chapter 11 which is uh, provisions on the state of emergency. It states that in case of emergency, the president can transfer power to the commander-in-chief of the military in order to maintain the peace and stability of the country. But there are a set of protocols to follow. Uh, so, Komage, uh, what exactly is the state of emergency? Could you please explain it a bit? Uh, thanks, Tamia. Before talking about the procedure of state of emergency, uh, let me talk about the conditions to be the state of emergency. So, according to uh, Section 417 of the 2008 Constitution, uh, it must meet three conditions to be the state of emergency. So, there must be insurgency, violence, and wrongful forcible means in order to a disintegrate the union, b disintegrate national solidarity and C, threaten the loss of sovereignty. So if there is sufficient reason for a state of emergency, then the president has to coordinate with the National Defense and Security Council 
and then after that, he can announce an ordinance and declare a state of emergency. So in the matter concerning the declaration of the state of emergency, the president will have to declare the transferring of all powers, including legislative, executive, and judicial powers of the union to the commander in chief to enable him to carry out necessary measures to uh, restore the original situation of the country. I see. So what do you think? Uh, whether the declaration of state of emergency on the 1st of February by the military is constitutional or not constitutional. Right. Uh, if we talk about whether the coup is constitutional or not, I am very confident to say that this coup is not constitutional. Because uh, if we refer to the, to the constitution itself. So before going through the constitutional crisis of the coup, let me briefly talk about this 2008 constitution. So this constitution, as mentioned earlier by uh, Tamiya, was drafted by the military leaders as a way to transform the military regime to the so-called democratic system while keeping their control over politics. According to this constitution, 25% of seats in the national and subnational parliaments are reserved to the military members of parliament who are appointed by the commander-in-chief. So. The commander chief also appoints three ministers, which are very important, including the Ministry of Defense, Ministry of Home Affairs, and Ministry of Border Affairs, who are also members of the National Defense and Security Council, um, which is responsible for security and defense affairs in Myanmar, and also one of the important bodies for this coup. Right. Uh, so now we see how much power the constitution reserves for the commander-in-chief. Um, in addition to that, the constitution also allows the commander-in-chief to take over and exercise state sovereign, sovereign power in case of the state of emergency. I see. Uh, so could you please just elaborate a bit here what specific sections of the constitution uh, the military has violated in declaring the state of emergency on the 1st of February? Sure. Uh, if we analyze uh, our, the section 40C and section 417 of the Constitution, we can break it down into two conditions to see whether this coup is constitutional or not. So according to these two sections of the Constitution, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it must meet uh, these conditions to be the state of emergency, which include there must be insurgency, violence, and forcible means to disintegrate the union, disintegrate national solidarity, and the loss of sovereignty. So now we have to ask whether there was insurgency, violence, and forcible means happened before the coup. It obviously, no, there was no kind of these acts before the coup. And the second condition is that the president must coordinate with the National Defense and Security Council to declare the state of emergency. According to this section of the Constitution, the president is the only legitimate person, not the commander-in-chief, to declare the state of emergency. In this case, in this coup, the president was detained in the early morning of 1st February, and there is no evidence that the president declared the state of emergency. I see. Uh, but I'm aware that on the 1st of February uh, morning, the commander-in-chief appointed the vice president as the acting president and called for the National Defense and Security Council meeting. Uh, the meeting is not even attended by full members because some of them, like 
uh, Aung San Suu Kyi has already uh, been detained by the military. So are they acting against the constitution at this very moment? And what would you say, Gomage? Let's see. Uh, here we can uh, see that this is also unconstitutional if we refer to the article for the impeachment of the president. So according to the Article 71A, the president can, also, can only be impeached by one of the five reasons, including treason, breach of provision in the constitution, misconduct, and so on. In order to do the impeachment, at least one-fourth of members of the union parliament members should sign and submit a charge in the parliament, and it should only proceed if two-thirds of members of parliament support it. In this process, in this coup, this process will ignore, which makes it very unconstitutional to remove the president from the office, according to the Article 71A. And besides, there is no constitutional provision which says that the vice president must serve as the acting president during the state of emergency. This is obviously the unconstitutional act of the military. All right. If I remember correctly, the constitution mentions that uh, the defense service is responsible for protecting the constitution. But what I see is that it is very ironic that they have violated the constitution they are supposed to protect. I'm wondering why did the military violate the constitution and attempt the coup? Uh, what do you think? What motivates them? Well, first, uh, let's look at the military's position with the coup. So the military keeps claiming that this coup is constitutional according to section 40C in the four, uh, section 417. So just a few days ago, RFA, uh, Radio Free Asia, interviewed uh, General Zomintong of the military true news information team at the press conference. And it seemed that the military has no clear response to the question of the reporter if the coup is constitutional or not. His answer was very vague, as he said, it is not enough to refer only to specific provisions in the constitution, but we must also refer to other provisions in the constitution, which he did not mention which provision he referred to. So one possible reason why the military wants to keep it constitutional is to maintain its legitimacy according to the constitution they drafted. So in the previous coups in the past decades, uh, the abolishment of the constitution usually came together with the coup, but this time um, the military keeps claiming it's constitutional even though they obviously violated the constitution. That is very insightful, Komagi. Thank you very much for your insights today. Thanks for inviting me, Tamiya. Uh, so, Magi, to have just uh, shared his view towards the recent military coup from the constitutional perspective. But I also, I'm also wondering what would be your general view towards the recent military coup in Myanmar? What would be your perspective? Uh, thanks a lot for having me, Tamia. Uh, and thanks a lot for uh, your uh, perspective on constitutions and uh, state of emergency by Mage. So the, you have mentioned in the introduction, right? The, the coup uh, happened on 1st February and then there was a there was a five days of calmness among the people that, that the people were in a wait and see moment. Uh, and then the protest started on 6th February, the Saturday. 
So by now, uh, today, 22nd of February, it has been three weeks that the military coup uh, has already in power in Myanmar, unlawfully, and two weeks of mass nationwide protest. Not even a single day was rested since uh, 6th February. Uh, the military, of course, they engage in violence, uh, violent crackdown in several major cities and also in smaller cities. So far, as far as I'm able to research, uh, six protesters were shot to death already. Uh, the UN and international embassy has already released several statements about the condemn uh, that they condemn the use of violence against peaceful protesters uh, that lead to causality among the protesters. Uh, apart from that violence crackdown, the military has also uh, engaged in several uh, unlawful violent activities towards the citizen. For example, the night arrest uh, nationwide that allowed the military and the, and the police to come and arrest at the citizen house for no reason. So that uh, that was uh, that was allowed by the changes in penal code, which allowed the arrest of citizen without uh, without warrant, and some changes in the clause uh, that are also lead uh, that, that also lead to twenty years of imprisonment for saboteuring the defense services. Uh, apart from that, see, such kind of violent activities. Uh, uh, the internet connectivity has been sh uh, shut down occasionally by the regime since February one morning. Uh, but in the last uh, eight days, uh, the uh, successive internet shutdown was done by the military nationwide from uh, 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the morning every night in the last eight nights. Uh, the the detainees are stay under house arrest, including the state council member Aung San Suu Kyi and President Oh Min. Uh, apart from that, too, uh, as of twenty one February, uh, 640 people were arrested uh, or charged or sentenced, according to the Asso Assistant Association for Political Prisoners. So that is quite a large number of people who were arrested illegally by the military, and we still don't know where are where they are detained, uh, or where where they are sentenced to. So there there there, uh, there are two major movements uh, going on in Myanmar at this moment. First is a street protest. As we speak today, twenty second of February, twenty twenty one, the nationwide general strike was going on in Myanmar. Millions of citizens go out to the street shutting down all their businesses and other types of daily activities and then they are they are showing their voice that they they condemn the military code and what they want is democracy and justice so second saber disobedience movement so in this movement the protesters are requesting the saber servants to stop going to work and make the government mechanism to a complete stop so that's the Two simultaneous movement that is going on in Myanmar uh, at this mo at this very moment. So, so let us go back to the constitutional perspective. I understand that uh, most of the parliamentary members are were arrested on the on the early morning of first of February, and the national assembly was cancelled. But these parliamentary members were released just a few days after, and uh, elected representative from National League for Democracy uh, formed a. Uh, the government representing Yi Dangzhu Lodo or CRPH 
uh, on five, 5th of February, just 5 days after the coup. So, would you like to share more about this comedy representing Pidang Zuhlodo? Uh, you're right, the, the committee representing the Pidang Zuhlodo was found on 5th February with the elected members of parliament, uh, initially from the National League for Democracy Party, and two other committee members from ethnic minority party joined in later. So as far as I understand, this is the legitimate body of government because they, they, they are elected by the people with, with the people's vote, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we but but we have to note that the elections and the Pianzo were organized under the two thousand eight constitution itself. And the military still recognize the two thousand eight as a working constitution at this moment. So the committee announced themselves as the legitimate body of government, uh, which in fact they are also supposed to be. And the committee also condemned the military code, condemned the use of violence against the protester, and then they they publicly supposed the civil disobedience movement uh, at this uh, moment. But we have to. There is a lot of legal complexity around how how the legality of such committee can work out in this moment because some people were saying that this is kind of like a parallel government, a regime led by the military and a government led by the uh, elective parliamentarians. So, but there is still a lot to figure out. So I, I cannot say there's a, this is a black or white moment at this point. That's true. So do you have any final thoughts on the current uh, what would we call constitutional crisis between the elected parliament and the military? Yeah, 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 you're right. This is the, the, the situation in Myanmar uh, is the real constitutional crisis. Uh, uh, in the past decade, we have the five, five years of uh, quasi-civilian uh, quasi uh, government led by President Uthain Say, and then five years of democratic government uh, led by the National League for Democracy Party. I would I would say that these uh, this decades uh, was a shadow democracy. It was just an illusion that Myanmar is enjoying the democracy. Uh, in re- the reality is that the military is always there. Uh, the military is always there in politics. The military is always there in bureaucracy, and the military is always there in the legislative uh, assembly as well. And the 2008 constitution was never democratic. I, what, I, what I mean here is that it is never democratic in essence, and then it is never democratic in its making process in the 2000, uh, in the 1990s and 2000. So for, for, for me, I believe that unless 2008 constitution is abolished, democracy is far from being achievable. I'm seeing here uh, some light in the protest in that uh, some protest groups are, are calling for the abolishment of 2008 constitutions and the new Federal Democratic Union, which I totally agree with. Uh, what the committee uh, committee representing the Pidansu Lugdao we have talked earlier, uh, what they can do for constitutional change is a different question. And the world, the military accept the constitutional change is also a different question. But my point here is that the constitutional change should be and must be part of the protest agenda and the ultimate goal for the change we are making at this moment. Uh, thank you very much for sharing your perspective, Mam Yan Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Tamiyat. 
thank you very much, Go Magi and Ramyamyamo, for coming here today and sharing your perspectives. Yeah, for having us, and I hope this section would help audience to understand what's going on Myanmar and what are the constitutional dilemma with the coup. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me to Tamia. Thanks for sharing perspectives and insight as well, Maggie. Yeah, I, I also hope that this podcast will contribute people to understand more about Myanmar and what is going on back home.